0: Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. Welcome to our podcast, Be You, Find Happy, real life conversations about life and the pursuit of happiness. the Sacramento airport on my way to San Diego right now recording this intro. So I do apologize for the background noise, but I have to tell you guys today. On the podcast, we have Jocelyn and Erin Freeman, more commonly known as the Freemans. Tony Robbins calls them the new powered couple. You have seen their stuff on Women's Health, Forbes magazine, and the Huffington Post. They are founders of the Empowered Couples University, and today they're gonna to talk to you all about how to be happy in your relationship. Check it out. So I <laughs> I just wanna start by saying thank you guys. So much. I believe in universe synchronicities. And um, normally I take like two weeks to prepare for a guest. <laughs> and today I took what, 15 minutes, I think. <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited to have you guys on today. I feel like the topic is apropos and timely. And I was able to um, look at a lot of what you guys have going on. And I think that your message is super incredible for couples all around the world. Mm. Um, so I just want to take a second and see if you guys could and I assume I have both of you. Yeah. Yeah, hello. Okay, great. Um I, I'd love if you could just introduce yourselves and um uh, then we can get into some of the questions. That I've jotted down, and a few more that I uh, found after the fact as well.
1: Awesome, yeah. Well, Jocelyn Freeman here, and then Aaron, Aaron Freeman. Aaron Freeman, and it's okay if you forget our first names because people mostly just remember us as the Freemans, and they actually say, "Oh, hey, hey, Freeman," and so we are really who we are is relationship work. I know that sounds kind of odd, but as like what our life purpose is, why we're here on the planet, what we live and breathe and eat is relationship growth. And that's something we're extremely passionate about. So we coach couples both privately and at events. We do workshops. We have a book podcast, the Empowered Couples podcast. But really, Our whole mission is to teach couples the relationship skills that no one learned in school, right? None of us had relationships 101 in high school or college, and yet we all crave love. We crave being in a relationship, but we get in the relationship and then what? we realize, oh, maybe I didn't learn the best things from my parents or movies. And so we really are passionate about teaching those relationship skills. But on a personal note, for those of you to just get to know us a little bit, when we aren't doing that work, you'll find us watching a movie. We love movies or riding our bikes, golfing, hiking. We're very active. Anything else you want to add, Aaron?
2: Sounds good. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's all the, that's all so awesome. Um, I love what you said about, you know, they don't teach, um, you know, couples communication. And, it, you know, it's funny because they teach sex ed. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they but they leave out that whole, you know, communication and relationships part of um, of everything, which, you know, I get it. But uh, I, I was kind of chuckling at that when you said that I was like, huh, maybe they de- they they should have a class like that in the, you know, basic education system. Exactly.
2: Funny thing is I ask people, how many of you would actually sign up for that? You know, probably most people wouldn't even sign up for that if it was an elective. And it's not really until you find yourself later in life in a relationship, realizing maybe some of the expectations that you built up or, oh, my gosh, I don't even know how to express what I'm feeling. How do I really listen? So it almost comes from a need or a pain once you're in a relationship wanting to keep that moving forward. And we're really here to bring awareness to that, that you actually can sort of proactively or even before you get into a relationship, build the skills necessary to have a powerful, connected relationship from the get-go. And so again, yeah, maybe not too many people have signed up for it because it seems like counseling or therapy, but people want to be great athletes, great in business, great in their health and fitness. And now it's about time people get the skills to be great in relationships.
0: I love that. Um, and even I know for me, when I see couples, it's um, it's because something's not working. Something is fatally going wrong, or has gone wrong. Um, especially when I see individuals, it's usually poster relationships. So how great that you guys are teaching these skills before um, you know before Armageddon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So you know the the first question that I saw this um on your website I think and I and I was just so intrigued by this that I don't know if it's appropriate to start out with but I'm really curious you you talk about the seven habits of highly connected people. Do you think that would be a good place to start? Would you guys be willing to share maybe one or two of those? Absolutely.
1: So, I mean, we could share so many habits because we do believe that really what couples are missing are a certain skill or a habit and our habits make up our life. Right. And our habits make up our relationship. And a lot of times couples will say, I just don't feel as connected anymore or they're just not listening to me. I don't feel like they're understanding our intimacy isn't as good. And it's likely because of breakdown or a lack of some type of habit.
2: Can I quote you?
1: Oh, go ahead. It's great when
2: you can quote your partner, right? Jocelyn came up with this (laughs) the other day. She said, If you really think about it, chemistry is what brings you together, but it's your habits that keep you together.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's good. I forgot I said that. (laughs) That is great. Yeah. So getting into some habits, I mean, definitely even going, I love one of the themes of your podcast about authenticity and authenticity as an individual. And of course, we're talking about authenticity in the relationship. So I would say one habit is authentic communication. And what we notice, especially as life gets busier and people are multitasking and you've got so many distractions coming your way, even good distractions like kids, like your health. Um, your career. But a lot of times that we don't give the time to have authentic communication with our spouse. And we say people are having these drive by conversations, right? Just, oh, I'm running out the door to a meeting, but I'm going to try and tell you something really important. Or even in bed the last five minutes before you're so asleep that your eyes are closing (laughs) and closing and your spouse is just now trying to connect with you. That's kind of a drive by conversation as well. And so A habit of setting intentional time to have authentic conversations and not the, how's your day been? How'd that meeting go? What do you need to get done today? Hey, by the way, can you stop here and get this? More of, how are you really? How do you feel? How's the week felt to you? You know, what's your experience of life? What What's a dream you really have right now? Is there anything that is making you feel upset or frustrated or fearful right now? Really? Ready for
2: a possible confronting uh, yeah. question? Yeah. What's your experience of me as a partner right now?
1: They're off an authentic check in. Absolutely. So definitely the first one related to your podcast theme is authentic communication. And that's a habit. And really a function of feeling not connected is likely because you haven't had connecting conversations. So I'll pause there. That's the first one we can go into. (laughs)
0: literally like my next question on my list was how can you be true to you or stay authentic and how can you show up honestly so uh, there's so much here I want to dive into um on that note I was thinking tangibility wise I recently um kind of scoured the internet for great questions to ask your kids and I like printed them on a piece of paper and put them in a little slip cover and I keep them tucked in between my center console and my seat and when I pick up my son from school I'll pull it out and ask him one instead of just like the classic, like, did you have a good day? It's really creative, fun questions to engage him on the way home mm. since he's stuck in the car. Um, so, how do you recommend that people, in a tangible way, kind of have these, like, especially for people that maybe have never showed up authentically or have never had these kind of um, more in-depth conversations? What's a good way to start? Like, how would you, you know? How would you recommend that they they pick up a that you know that they pick up today with some ideas and and um, get running with it?
2: Well, it's such a great question, and one of the things we had come up with a couple of years ago is a family meeting, and like businesses will have a check in right meetings on how they're doing their performance. We thought, what would that look like for relationships? So you could actually think of breaking down your relationship into you know about eight core areas. You know, really quick is like mind, body, spirit. Uh, finances family social life sex and intimacy so just to start there and we actually have a worksheet where you have all of those areas listed out and what you do is set time to sit down together and what you do at first which initially can be challenging but you're you're sitting down and saying okay we are committed to being the best couple we can be being more connected being on the same page and all too often as partners we assume that we know the level of satisfaction in each of these areas or just in relationship in general of our partners. And so often it's just not that way. So you sit down with this family meeting intentionally, say this is a safe space for both of us to share what's really there for us. And then you go through each area and you say from a scale of one to 10 being the highest, what is your current level of satisfaction in this area? in our intimacy, in our finances, in our social life. So you go through each of those. And then you also write, what is our intention or goal in this area? Or how can this become a 10 for each of us? So that's a great way just to open up the conversation, start to bring some awareness into an area where, you know, maybe I thought our social life was a 10 out of 10. And I thought that's where Jocelyn was too. But she may say, you know what, I'm really at like a four, And so just to kind of get on the same page, because if you want to grow or be more connected, the number one thing is you have to know where you are now.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is so true. Um, Kind of along those lines. So one of the things I hear a lot in my practice, at least from individuals who are struggling in their relationships, is um, that they've lost themselves. So they haven't stayed authentic to themselves while in the relationship. How might you encourage incorporating dialogue with your spouse about who you really are um, so that you are showing up in uh, in an authentic way and having those authentic conversations.
1: Yeah, I love that. I want to answer it in a couple different ways and it may be slightly different than what you mean, but I'd say first off, checking out the expectations that you have of yourself in the relationship and what I mean is a lot of times we'll sit down with a couple and you know maybe they're feeling like their tank is low both personally their relationship and one person is saying I just feel like I'm playing all roles for you I just feel like I'm sacrificing myself and I'm tired and I don't feel like I'm getting quality time with myself and the other person will say well you know I actually didn't care if you cleaned the house every single night. And I didn't care if you made these or like really elaborate meetings, that are meals, not meetings. That's not what matters to me. So a lot of times we actually have unrealistic expectations of ourselves because we're projecting that. A lot of times it's even coming from what we saw our parents do. So we maybe saw our mom or our dad act a certain way and we think, okay, that's what a spouse does. and so then we think we need to be that when a lot of times that's not what the partner cares about. Aaron would <laughs> rather have me feel like I'm in a great place, my energy is good, I'm cool, calm, and collected with him, I'm in a joyful place than me, you know, working extra hours. Well,
2: can I add one extra thing yeah. too? You're just a boss coach. Uh, you know, Jocelyn is so committed to individuals not only being their best self, but being the best partner. So she is the best coach I know, she has bold conversations. She's not afraid to have confronting conversations. And ultimately, that's that's who I want you to be. So if Jocelyn was like assuming that she, I wanted dinners and she was focusing on the house being clean, it's like I wouldn't want that anyway. And I want you to live your and express your genius of being mm-hmm. a great coach.
1: Thank you, Hubby. I appreciate that. And I'll add to you. I'm blushing now. Um, I'll add as well. A big thing I had to overcome in my past relationships when I actually had some toxic beliefs about relationships was I will get more love if I sacrifice myself, if I sacrifice my own needs Mm. and my own energy and my own cup, I'll, I'll, they'll love me more. Mm. And that's really not the right mindset. And in fact, we can push our partner away if we don't focus enough on our energy. So then kind of getting to even a little bit more hands on Aaron and I have made promises in our relationship that our mornings are time to fill our own cup. So we work out and we come back, we meditate or journal if we feel like that, we have that time before getting into activities. And so for you listening with your spouse, if you feel like you both have been sacrificing your own self care, your own authenticity, it's probably just a function of you haven't blocked that time and made that a habit for yourselves and i feel so much more authentic as a person and as a partner when i have that time to fill my cup because you give from the overflow so i know i took that probably a couple of different ways than you expect but expected but that's what came
0: to mind No, I was proud as a psychotherapist of the modeling that you guys did there (laughs) (laughs) with the little interjection and the, and, and then the, you know, the compliment and validation and acknowledgement. That was all really, really lovely stuff that I wish I saw more with, um, you know, with the work I even do with couples. Um, I, I kind of chuckled at expectations because (laughs) I'd love to think that I don't have any of my spouse and I, you know, want him to be the best version of himself, but and all of that is absolutely true. But the reality is there's some days where I'm like, damn it. What is so hard about picking up your cup from the living room? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there are times where I do have an expectation of him because otherwise it's more work for me. Um, and I think that's a space where seeds of resentment can start to build. How, what do you encourage couples when they're, when they do have expectations of each other and, um, you know, either checking their expectations at the door or communicating reasonably to get their needs met.
2: (laughs) This is so great. I know Jocelyn has a great answer to this because it's a principle we teach in our couples workshop, which we do live, which is about disappearing disappointments by looking at your expectations and where they express or unexpressed. So, maybe Jocelyn can share more on that. But I, I felt like your question was directed to me because <laughs> I I had this experience and I, I want to share this because it's like so real life and it's so exactly what you're talking about with the cup. So Jocelyn and I had been in a season where she is just in so much action, aligned action in our, in our own business. And, and I've shared this with her so she knows this. I found myself seeing a lot of dishes in the sink where I'm now thinking, why can't she just put that dish in the dishwasher? Like it's, it's right there. <laughs> right. It's, like, it's like clogging the sink. And it took a couple of days, but I started to feel like, oh, we are not balanced on how much each of us wash the dishes. Like it should be 50-50. Like this isn't fair. What I realized was, as you mentioned, the expectation building up. And I said, well, wait a second. Let me think about this for myself why would I be upset about these dishes? I said, hmm, because what has me feel good is a clean sink, is an organized kitchen, is when I come in here, it's all organized and clean. So I said, okay, what I like about having dishes cleaned is that, and that's for me. So I said, if I really enjoy seeing this sink clean and organized, then I just do it for myself. So I just started doing all the dishes, and it didn't matter how many she did or how many I did, or they went in the dishwasher. I did that because it had me feel good. It had me feel organized. And I didn't need it to be anything more than that.
0: Hmm.
1: I was going to jump in as well. I think too, because I'm I'm hearing it from a different, I love the practical example of the dishes, because funny enough, that can actually be one of the triggers for people, <laughs> right? The house. And that, a lot of times we can actually measure our relationship based on a lot of these kind of house duties. And what I would just say, again, I might be taking this a little bit of a different direction, but really being authentic with our partner about what actually matters to us. So for Aaron and not at least for myself, I'll speak. What matters to me is that Aaron listens to me, that he understands my emotions, that he'll, still love me and show affection, even if I'm having a tough day, that's what matters to me. And I told him that from the beginning, instead of thinking that what matters to me is the clean sink or bringing me home flowers Mm. or planning a romantic date night with candles. Those are all bonus. But what really matters to me, and this is where I think couples can go even just deeper and be a little bit more authentic with themselves and each other, is what actually matters? Because I always say to couples, think about when you are 80 years old, 90 years old, 100 if you're going for that. And when you sit down and you're looking back as a couple, what will matter to you are those really genuine moments you had together those moments when you made eye contact and you opened your hearts to each other when you held each other on a tough day when you affirmed each other when one of you was down let me go r- run to bed bath and beyond and target let me make sure I'm making this lunch and they're filling their time with all of these external things they're doing to you know again kind of make their partner happy, or So they think, but I think just for couples to sit down and really authentically share with each
0: other, like what actually matters to us. And, um, in, as you guys were, were speaking, I was jotting down so many more notes. Um, but one of the things that I loved was I, I think Erin, you said, uh, and I, I tried to write it quickly. Um, I did it because it made me feel good. Um, and I, and I think that that is a really good way to look at these situations that we might get ourselves into. It's like, if, if my happy factor is high, then maybe I should just jump in and do it Mm. and, and, and take out the, um, the resentment piece by making that decision for myself, right. Rather than for someone else. I, I really liked that. It got my mind, um, thinking in all the different ways that, we do things because we think someone else will feel good (laughs) rather than ourselves.
2: Yeah, totally. You know, and it makes me think of one more thing, if I can add, we are never really upset for the reason we think we are. So as Jocelyn mentioned, like asking the question of why is this important to me or even similar as we were talking about the dishes, why am I really upset about this? So none of us are really ever upset for, the coffee cup being left out or the dishes piling up, like there's something else underneath that that is more important. And for me, it was like with the dishwasher, I wanted to feel just like respected or acknowledged for work I had done in fixing it a couple of months ago. And so it was really just around like acknowledgement or just feeling like really appreciated. So just in the thread of this podcast and for the listeners that are looking for a way to have authentic conversations with your partner, it's just to share it just like that and say, you know, partner, I actually just realized that I found myself experiencing some disappointment or upset around these dishes, yet when I really looked for myself, it had nothing to do with that. It's just that I wanted to feel, you know, more acknowledged. I wanted to feel like I'm really important to you. So in that case, you're sharing something that's much you know, deeper and more meaningful. And then you're also sharing from your own experience, not pointing the finger or blaming. And from that perspective, two people can just get on the same page. Jocelyn can learn more about what is important to me by my sharing. And then what the trap couples usually fall into is pointing the finger. You didn't pick up that cup. We're not washing the same amount of dishes when it's never about that. You're not actually upset about that. What is the deeper thing that's important to you? And then, What is it you can share from that perspective that allows the partner to know more about you? And then they can say, you know what? I want to be a part of that. I want you to know how much I do prioritize you and how much I do acknowledge the things that you do. And so now all of a sudden you go from like sort of two individuals kind of fighting over something or trying to get the other person to see your view to really being a we being on the same page and understanding more about
0: each other. So good and so true. So unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, um, in this modern world of, you know, social media and different things, um, I, I think that maybe they've been unhappy in their relationship for a while, at least a lot of the clients that I see. And so rather than um, seeking out some of these things, when the going gets tough, they, they seek out someone else. And I wonder, you know, what what do you offer in the way of relationships that are maybe in a space where there's been um, some emotional distractions by another person? Um, how do you encourage people to show up honestly in their relationships when they are super unhappy? Wow. That's a big question. Do you
1: have a few hours to go? Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Should we take a break and come back? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. A couple places that we would go. Well, first off, I would say it's the mindset of committing to growth as opposed to committing to fixing, because that's a totally different context to enter into. So we can watch the behavior of a partner walk in and they are like, okay, let's fix us. Totally different demeanor, negative context, negative view, we're broken. And just pointing
2: the finger, pointing pointing
1: the finger, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the mindset of let's grow together. So I think in a big, we actually have this kind of tagline we're creating right now is 2019 was the year of personal development and 2020 is the year of relationship development. And we're saying to couples, It should be normal. There should be no shame. There should be no embarrassment. It is normal to learn things for your relationship, to work on your relationship. And I think that's a stigma we need to get over in our society, which I know you're championing for and we're championing for is, hey guys, this is a really powerful thing you're entering into, nothing to be embarrassed about. So I'd say, first, the mindset of growing together and as a couple, committing to that. So quick example of that. And then I'll share a second thing. There was a couple that just recently started coaching with us and they both have done personal development and counseling separately. And they started with us. And one of the things that they really said was, You know, I I think it'll just help us accelerate what we're dealing with to just have an outside voice, just kind of help mirror back to us the things that might be kind of blind spots to us. And that's, I think, just being humble and not feeling any kind of embarrassment to just want a third or fourth, third, well, we provide four people when the two of us are there with the couple of just someone mirroring back, hey, this is what I'm observing. Hey, this is what you tend to do when you're upset. And that that can really accelerate things, and then and I would
2: even say like helping facilitate conversations because if there's like unhappiness, then typically there's you know triggers that are bringing up past emotions, so it's really about having somebody that's going to be committed to your relationship interrupt those patterns, whether it be communication or emotional triggers, to break the habits so that you can kind of notice okay, what is it that I'm feeling? What is this trigger? And really pattern interrupt and put something in there that's going to be more valuable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would even just say that if you go to your partner, so if one of you is listening and you feel like there's been some emotional hurt, like you've maybe. Heard hurt each other emotionally. You've said things you didn't mean to say. You've been not attentive with each other. So there's some damage. Going to your partner and sharing what you're committed to. Mm-hmm. So here's two ways this could look. You could go to your partner and say, oh, we, we are terrible at this and we need to fix us. This isn't working and I want to end it. That's one path you can go down. Or you can go down a second path. It's like a second doorway. It's like the matrix, which what which will, right? <laughs> and the second door is to go to them and say, I'm committed to our relationship. I'm committed to learning to be the best partners we can be. I'm committed to learning the things that we don't know about healthy relationships. And I'm committed to kind of just moving past and healing the places that we've hurt each other. Are you open to doing something to... To learn that. And that's so different. Just the way you can bring it up in a more empowering way, focusing on what you're committed to, as opposed to here's what's wrong with you. Here's what's wrong with us. Do you hear how those are two different doorways to go down?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that one is really positive and, and growth oriented, like you described where the other one is kind of saying it's over, it's done, peace out, Hi, Felicia. Yep. <laughs> I like that. I do. Um, one of the things that kept coming up when you were kind of talking about this is, and I know you guys talk about this on your website and in your workshops, is you mentioned values. So, how do you incorporate um, that into your workshops? And what is the value component as it pertains to the relationship?
2: Yeah, such a great question. I don't think too many couples, especially not in the early phases or dating, say, "Hey, what are what are your core values?"
0: It's not a sexy date conversation. You
1: know, <laughs> it's
0: like, do you like long walks on the beach? And right. let me let me just bust out my Brene Brown book for a second. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it is because it does direct your life together. It directs the decisions you make. Just not even from a deeper level where we actually have couples create what their four core values are. For the relationship but just even at a first cut at it what do we value do we value uh friends and family and community do we value safety and security do we value like adventure do we like you know new experiences
1: authentic communication
2: bold conversation straightforwardness transparency trust um easygoing Uh, essentialism, minimalist, right? So like all these different facets of your life. I don't think too many couples actually dive into like, what type of life do you want to experience? That's kind of what we talk about at, you know, level one of what do you value? Like, what type of life do you want to experience? Because, you know, one might want to stay home and have the traditional family and raise kids. And one might like really be adventurous, want to explore new places, one might Not like confronting conversations, although we would encourage everyone to not hold back or rock the boat, but actually... Going into challenges actually gives you the opportunity to connect even deeper.
1: I would also add, too, I love what you shared, Aaron, and even just kind of zooming out from it for a second. So, a lot of our philosophies, which we have many, many of them, but one of them is we take a lot of the principles of what makes a business work into the relationship. Now, we don't mean in a sterile, black and white way because a relationship is emotional, it's dynamic. But if you think about it, a vision or a a company, which has a goal in mind, it's got team members involved. Well, a couple is a team of two, and they don't often see themselves as a team. And so we thought, okay, how can a team of two, a couple, extract a lot of these principles that work in businesses, like having your core values. Everyone who works for a company, like you know that everyone who loves to work for Apple knows the values of Apple. Or people who love to work for Lululemon know the core values of Lululemon, and that's why they're all bought in. And it also holds them accountable to being those values. So we we say, all right, Take those principles from why a business works. Same thing with we have couples create a couple's vision statement, their core values, their goals, their roles and responsibilities, having weekly meetings. Those principles work in a company. Now, you have a romantic relationship, but you're still a team. So taking those, taking the time to sit down and design your core values as a couple, like Erin mentioned, can really kind of keep you accountable and remind you, it's almost like realigning you. Okay. If we, if we're going through a tough season, let's get realigned with our core values as a couple.
0: I I really like, um, when you were talking and you mentioned the romantic piece of things, I, I think a lot of times, um, as you described earlier, you're, you know, you're sailing ships kind of passing in the night or you're calendaring each other, passing each other in the hallway i hear the term a lot we're just roommates um hmm. how do you keep the romantic component alive when uh when the day to day just gets really kind of monotonous?
1: Yes. Great question. Well, so we have a different take on romance. So we see the, you know, the extra bonus things like the roses and the date nights and the candles on and the lingerie, we see all that as bonus. And that's important because, you know, that's kind of the juice of life, but really romance, the foundation of romance from what we find starts with really having great listening skills. So we find that couples are much more inclined to even enjoy the date. Because if you think about it, you could go to the most romantic restaurant in the world, heels, hair done, makeup done, be photo shoot ready but if you're sitting there at dinner and you do not feel connected you're not listening to each other you really just feel like roommates it's not going to feel all that romantic so for those kind of meaningful experience we actually get calls from couples on the beach in Fiji right like they're in this romantic vacation setting and they're disconnected and arguing Because it's got to be about your communication and listening. So I would say if you want to feel more romance in your relationship, focus on being a great listener, focus on being able to have your partner feel understood and for you to feel understood when that's present connection, listening. We actually say that true love is experienced through the way you listen to your partner. Love is like the way you listen then all of those meaningful things like the date nights, the candles, the lingerie, that will actually feel romantic. Do
0: you know what I mean? I do. I do. Um, I, I really like that idea a lot. I've read a couple of books on the topic of, um, you know, humans as sexual beings. And so I'd be interested to dive in more with you guys on that, maybe on a different episode. Cause I think there's a lot more there too. Uh, one of the things I jotted down and it's kind of like this, um, popular buzzword that people drop a lot. Uh, They say, you know, he's such a narcissist or she's such a narcissist or they're so selfish. And so how about working within the context of a relationship when the other person isn't very good at their listening skills or does often make it about them as far as the things that you guys sign up to do and stuff like that?
2: Well, I'm going to go back to something that we came up with uh, around what a business has that has all the team members be successful. And Jocelyn mentioned it a little bit ago about having a vision statement. And this this is what was there for me just to share. When you create your vision statement, what you're doing is creating a statement that which we do with couples, so if anybody wanted to create theirs, we do a you know a free coaching call to create this vision statement, and it has pieces of what you want to experience, what are the activities. but one of the main things is what does your relationship represent, or what is your your message that your relationship is here to give or again represent so with this vision statement, you can sort of filter out all these things that feel so personal, that feel I'm not willing to change or you're trying to get me to be different, everything that you just mentioned. And when you create this vision statement, what you're doing is creating, in essence, an identity that's bigger than the two of you as individuals. So now, rather than here, I am in a relationship with Jocelyn, trying to be my most expressive self. You know, I'm trying to be my fullest version, or I don't feel like you're understanding me. See, so these are two eyes trying to figure out how to be in relationship. But if you can create a new identity, which we say is this entity called your relationship and create what it's here to represent, now all of a sudden it's both of you looking at how do I bring my most authentic self? How do I bring my talents, my gifts, my zones of genius in service of this entity, which takes the the personal, takes the significance out of some of these small challenges because You know, here you both are here for something much bigger than yourselves.
1: Yeah. I also want to add a slightly different take. I love that. I was so passionate about the vision statement. And I'd also add, you know, with terms like my partner is narcissistic or my partner is not open to growing. In fact, one of the most common messages I receive when it's the female partner messaging us, although we've had males even say this, is my partner doesn't want to do anything for our relationship. Why won't they read the books with me? Why won't they go to the workshops with me? They're such a narcissist, right? They're so focused on them and what they want. And a couple things I would say about that. We could dive into a whole world there. But first off, the more you call your partner a certain label, the more they become that. So if you say to your partner, you're such a narcissist, or you call them that, or you say that in your mind, you actually create them being that more. And for example, we actually were on a call, I think just yesterday, and this happens often, where we'll hear the one partner say to the other partner, You're so this, like you're so impatient, or you're so bossy, you're so controlling. And we actually say, Remove the labels. Because especially when you imagine if you heard because think about even kids, if they hear their partner or their parents say some label to them over and over again, they create that identity. And so same thing with your partner, if your partner keeps calling you something you're going to start to believe it and become it even more. And so Erin and I even did a Facebook Live yesterday talking about don't label the person like you are this. Instead, label the behavior. Hey, when you do that, it makes me feel like you don't care about my perspective. Hey, when you do that, that hurts my feelings and here's why. As opposed to just, again, calling them the label over and over again. And yeah, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. My favorite thing that I share with clients is that needs-based communication and um, really, you know, stripping it down and coming at it from a place of when, when this happens, I feel blank and using kind of the, I feel statements, but I love what you said about removing the labels and that the more you use a label, the more people become it. I really love that. That's true of all relationships, I think. And um, I think that's such a great takeaway. Uh, so as we're kind of running towards the end of time, um, one thing that I had still circled here is that when I jotted some notes, I had written, you know, something about like, um, components to a successful relationship. But what I really love is that you guys use the term highly connected because, and I struggle with the word successful in a lot of ways, because I feel like there's such a heavy weight with that term success. So I love that you guys are, um, are using the term highly connected. I think you said you were going to share one more habit. So the first one you shared was authentic communication and I really saw authentic communication being creating space for having deeper, more meaningful conversation. What might a second habit be of highly connected people? Mm, Okay. I love this.
2: Well, just as a reminder, also having that family meeting, like Mm -hmm. if not once a week, once a month and going through each of the eight core areas, labeling your satisfaction and then what your intent or goal is in that area and actually having that be a space that's, that's safe, that's free to share and not about pointing fingers, but saying, How can we be even better? So that's also a really good one.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and, you know, I love that too, because uh, one of my last questions here is how do you create space for tough conversations? And I think you answered it with that meeting space. Absolutely.
1: And block it in your calendar like a doctor's appointment. So it actually happens, (laughs) right? Um, We often give the time scraps to our partner, just the leftover, which never really happens. Um, So I would also (laughs) add... Do you like that time scrap? I do. I like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, we just give the bear like the last five minutes we have of the week. Um, I'd also add, I mean, there's so many that we could share, but I would say constantly or ongoingly, I should say, creating your next goals together. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is, you know, we really believe, and I, I think hundreds of kind of thought leaders have said this, that progress equals happiness or happiness equals progress. So for us as human beings, we have to ongoingly be progressing some way. And actually what we find is a lot of couples think they've arrived somewhere like, oh, we got married. We got the dog, the house. uh, We have a sports club we go to. Maybe we had a baby. We made it we're successful. We, we're we happy. Right. But then all of a sudden they wake up two years in and they actually ne- don't even want to say it out loud because they feel guilty because they got everything that they wanted in life. But to be honest, they feel a little bored. You know, they feel mm-hmm. bored with themselves. They feel a little bit bored with their partner and they wouldn't say it out loud because they're afraid to be that authentic. But that's natural because without progress, happiness declines.
0: Well, we- and how many times in relationships do we set our Goals on what society deems to be the next appropriate goal mm-hmm. rather than what we might need as a couple or as a family or as a whatever. Maybe we don't need the house. Maybe actually what we need is to travel in a minivan across the United States.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. I love that so much. Yeah. And so it's really getting clear, setting goals together. We say, you know, sit down quarterly at least once a year, even though I just feel like people create their New Year's resolution goals and then don't revisit them. So again, a big Business would sit down and go, what are our quarterly goals? How do we do last quarter? So we definitely advocate, and that's a lot of our resources. We have different tools and courses online about setting and achieving goals together because that's another way to feel romance. You want to feel romantic? Set and pursue a goal together and you'll feel that.
0: Yeah, and this podcast we don't we don't celebrate New Year's resolutions. We don't make them. We we uh, actually celebrate Write Off Day, which is the last day of the year where very much like businesses go through and um, write off the monies they didn't receive. We write off all the things that we didn't achieve. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nice, so yeah. we celebrate Write Off Day on this podcast. <laughs> um I feel like the weight of um of the resolutions is just way too large. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, like you said not even probably yours probably put out there by somebody else.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I need to lose weight. Do I really want to lose weight or <laughs> <laughs> Um and so the other thing that super piques my interest and I'm really I I have an idea on this. I have a theory on this. I which I share with clients and even use in my own relationship. But I'm curious, how do you end an argument quickly? I saw that on your on your website.
1: Oh, gosh, so many different tools. I mean, of course, we could come at this from the angle of preventing them before they come. But I would, oh, Aaron, you want to jump I'll
2: ahead? go, yeah, and it's probably a term that you're more familiar with as well. But I just say active listening, right? So you actually create that you each have a role. One be the speaker role, one be the listener role. And you actually just get to share from an eye perspective what your experience is. And then oh, the so
0: it's, of... it's not throwing an orange at the other person?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but really, and, and the reason I share this is because um, the listener will just be there to repeat back in a sense what the experience of the speaker actually is. Because when you do that, and you'll both have the opportunity to go, but when the other person feels like you actually heard and understood their experience. I don't know, 90% of the time, it's like, oh, you really got it. And you're like, okay, what's the solution? And they're like, um, actually, that's good enough. And it's happened to me so many times when Jocelyn has just paused and said, okay, you know what, you just share, I'll just listen. And then when Jocelyn repeats back and says, wow, I really hear that you've been experiencing, you know, disappointment or frustration or not being respected. And then she'll say, I'll be like, wow, like you really got it. Like, that's actually all that I really wanted in the first place. There's no solution to get to. There's nothing necessarily that we have to do or do in action. It's just all too often as partners, we're just wanting to be understood. And you can really get through arguments so fast when you focus on seeking to understand before being understood.
0: Uh- I absolutely 100% completely agree. Um, my, my go-to is I hear you. Mm. Maybe Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Maybe I don't agree, but I hear you. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I do think that is one of the quickest way besides throwing an orange to, (laughs) (laughs) to get through, um, an argument. I'll do another, um, thing that I like to share with my couples is that sometimes a code word is in order. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we get into that fight or flight space and we're just not rationally um speaking and that's when a lot of words get slung that are really dirty and yucky and so sometimes i think a code word especially if it's a fun fun co- code word like goldfish or pineapple or something like that um can can really be a lifesaver especially if you're in in a public setting um you know where maybe it's like hey i'm not okay with all we don't need to do this right here right now we don't need to do this in front of the kids we don't need to do this at the school function we don't need to do this in the car with mom and dad like we're going to goldfish on this until we can both discuss this in a more healthy, rational way later. I like that too.
2: Mm, So good. One word we actually use is uh, same team. So just by saying same team, it's like, you know, just in a millisecond, we're like, oh my gosh, like your whole mind and your whole emotion is like, goes through this process without having to say anything. We are in the same team. This is my lover. This is my wife. This is my teammate. And just in a second by saying same team, you're like, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, I just love that. I think that is like my, there were so many pearls. I bet it, that is <laughs> definitely one of my favorites. Oh, I just love that. Uh, well, I, I know this all ended up being very last minute, but I am so grateful that you guys were able to come on today. And I'm really looking forward to sharing uh, this episode with the world. And um, I think that there's just so much more dialogue to be had here. But before we go, how can people, and I'll put this in the show notes too, but how can people connect with you?
1: Well, and thank you so much for having us on here. It's been so fun to connect with you and love the mission that you are out for in your life. And so for those of you who would like to get connected, well, number one, we have our own podcast as well. Um, we go into very specific relationship questions, very modern applicable things. So it's the empowered couples podcast on iTunes. And then if you want to even get more connected than just listening to us on our website, which is MeetTheFreemans.com. Now you've met the Freemans. Now you can go to <laughs> MeetTheFreemans.com. We have everything from free download resources to things. If you want to get a little bit closer, we have self-paced courses. We have private coaching on there. Um, yeah. So just an, an abundance of different options, depending on, you know, what your goals are in your relationship. So you can go to meetthefreemans.com. And explore what we call is Empowered Couples University. So we have a whole university of, like I said, self-paced courses, coaching, different subjects. Especially communication is a big one. So we have a couple of resources and courses on communication that couples can do. And everything we do is designed for that busy, on-the-go couple that is like, okay, I need modern, applicable things that I can do right now. Like, what can I do right now in our relationship? Love it. Yes. And we're always super available on Instagram to respond to messages as
0: well. So excited to connect with you all. Yes, that's fantastic. And I will put all those things you mentioned into the show notes. And I look forward to just starting our journey together, Freemans.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll stay connected.
0: Chat soon. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out our links. Bye bye. Bye-bye.